Welcome to another episode of Inside the Drinker's Studio. I'm here with Michelle. Hi. She's behind the camera. I am. And we're back here at Saltbox, and we're with part owner Manny Jimente. How are you? Good. I'm good. How are you? Good. So we're here at Saltbox. We're drinking beer, so. Drinking beer this time. So we decided to do this because it was also our first anniversary Mm -hmm. recently. Oh, really? Yeah. When? Uh, A couple days ago? Something like that. We had to pay the bill for the hosting again, so. Yeah, I know. Talk about money later. Check the invoice. That's your anniversary. (laughs) If you guys want to donate, email us, talk to us. At angry customer. <laughs> email us at angry customer. <laughs> no, complaints, you can you can email angry customer at gmail.com. Yeah. Compliments and money, you can send them to info at the black no. Inside the drinker studio at gmail.com. Or black orchid too. I I have access to that email. Exactly. Okay. So we're back at the salt box. Um, I feel like because the last time we were here we talked we sat down with Manny, we talked to Norbert. And I feel like, I don't know, I felt like a, a very special episode. Because first of all, it was our fo- first like legitimate wine episode. Yeah. We got into it really well with Manny. Um, and I think we're at the same table? We are at the same table. Yeah, this is and, the best And table. I think the weather was kind of similar. Yeah. I think it was hotter that day. So it's like a flashback. Yeah. Um, so we're a new podcast in the sense that we have a different... Well, what? the format has been evolving. Yeah. Little by little. evolving. We've God. changed the list of questions. We've changed, I guess, the the point of the podcast. Where I guess before we try to focus on like the educational aspect of it, as far as you know, sharing information about uh, liquors, wines, spirits, beer, yep. blah blah blah, drinking culture. Yep. Uh, and now we're more focused on the individuals that we're interviewing for the podcast. Yeah, that it's more fun that way. We get to know them better. Yeah. And I had mentioned this on our anniversary episode, the one with all the clips. The reason why we're um, getting to know people and focusing on people is that, you know, we're, we're giving a face to the businesses and the entrepreneurs in El Paso. So when we say support local, you know, you're not supporting some kind of nebulous entity. You know who you're supporting. There's a face behind. There's a face behind the, uh, the local. Um, so today we got Manny Kementhe. A sommelier level two. Like, what's the? Is there another word for that? Certified sommelier. Certified sommelier. There's only one other in town, uh, and they're gonna have a duel very soon. To <laughs> it can only be one. <laughs> <laughs> it can only be one. It can only be one. <laughs> <laughs> they're gonna pull out their lightsabers and everything. It'll be fun. All right. So, let's get started. So we're drinking uh, a beer here at the salt box. <laughs> yeah, we so do have beer at salt box. Something pulled from the tap. <laughs> Yeah. Cheers. Cheers. And I was a little afraid when I drank this because it smelled like La Fin du Monde. Yeah, we thought it was going to be like high percentage. It was like, oh, shit, it does look like So I thought I was going to die. As many as like, that's the only beer they're going to drink tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to pull it. It's like 11%er. It's kind of stuffy today, huh? It's like it was it's super humid. hot. It's a little humid. That's what it's it is. Raining, you know, it's been raining a lot. Yeah, around it's, it's about so i think that yeah, the heat has been lifting up the humidity yeah. and that's why we have leafy's clouds that will not it felt like summer for the first time last week yes it really did right here. where it was intensely hot intensely when, when what day was this <laughs> uh for me it was like saturday where i was like man the ac's on nothing is happening really? <laughs> i wasn't <laughs> here i'm still sweating i was in chicago ah that's why I, it was very raining nice. and kind of cool and amazing and i'm very happy 
about Chicago. Very nice, Michelle. We yes. can talk about that later, I guess. I well, I wish that Norbert was here because I could, you know, I could tell him about. Who oh, I about saw. the aviary. About the aviary. Blah blah blah. Yeah. He would have been like, ooh, yeah. He's here in spirit. He's here, He's in, here spirit. in spirit. Norbert. I can feel him here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hungry. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> so we're we're at the salt box. How are you doing at the salt box? Yes. How have things yeah. changed since the last time we've been here? Other than all the fucking construction. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, construction has been interesting. Yeah. <laughs> I'm being diplomatic. <laughs> the, the, the one ways keep changing, I hear. Um, every three, four weeks, you don't know what street's going to be closed off. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, you know, we live in this area. Um, so I'm very used to it. So I can just imagine our customers that don't live here, yeah. that they come back a few weeks later and that street's only closed. Right. Oh, yeah. So construction is difficult. I, I, we're grateful that um, we've always had an inlet from Mesa. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of downtown businesses that have been completely cut right. off. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm just going to mention Craft and Social. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I tried to go there one day and I just couldn't. Yeah. I just I, I got impatient. I couldn't find parking. I didn't know what yeah. the heck I was going. Um, so uh, construction has been very interesting, and, and we understand that people who have limited time for lunch don't want to put up with it. Right. Right. You don't want to drive around for 20 minutes looking for parking when you only have but, an hour for lunch. But right? I think there's the we're seeing the light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. In the next. Oh, good. 10 days, 14 days, the, this, yeah. the construction will be finally open again. And I will, I'm, I'm looking forward to the day where I can, like, take a trolley from downtown up here. Really? Yeah. I, that's going to be fun. Come on. That's going to be fun. I'm not yeah. crazy about the idea. But I'm sure that you will get some people. Yeah, or you know what? Uh, have dinner here, have it some yeah. drinks, and then go see a game. Like, yeah. yeah. That's yeah. going to be fun. Yeah. I guess. So, yeah, it, it's hard to, there are a lot of negatives to the construction and to, uh, painful process yeah. in the interim but yeah. mm-hmm. hopefully yeah. we do get a lot of benefits in the end because a lot of people are upset yeah. by yeah, and promises and stuff you know yeah. yeah and it's a mixed i mean there's so many mixed uh feelings and opinions about the project itself mm-hmm. at the end it's just got to prove itself it's yeah. not about anybody's opinions will it sustain itself was it worth it yeah. uh, no one can really predict even the people that are its biggest proponents proponents or opponents mm-hmm. uh, the proof is in the pudding yeah. it's going to prove itself or not yeah. and I hope it does I mean I, I wish nothing than the best for yeah. the streetcar project yeah. and uh, I hope it benefits us uh, I wish nothing the best for the city and its plans um, yeah. so but we'll see it'll be fun hopefully mm-hmm. Maybe I'm just bitter because they didn't make it all the way to my bar. <laughs> that would have been insane. That would have been the longest trolley ride. Hey. Ever. Right. <laughs> right. Like dying of heat exhaustion. There. <laughs> there would be sleeping cars. You're horrible. <laughs> you guys suck. Hey, man. I love your bar because it's close to me, but I do know that I am far west. Yes, I am far west. I know. But I love the Black Orchid Lounge, our home base. So what else has changed? You guys have new events going on now. You're going to have... Yeah, we're, uh, we're at the point where um, we, uh, you know, our, our, our staff is in place, our menu's in place, and so we need to do just other, I want to say ex- extracurricular, but just, you know, other events that uh, people get excited about, yeah. bring people in. Yeah. 
<laughs> you have that musician. Is that going to be like a weekly thing? We're going to figure it out. Maybe okay. bi-weekly. Okay. Um, we're going to figure it out. Yeah. But we're excited. Is it different musicians or just one in particular? We're going to figure that out. Okay. Yeah. And I know Daniel Rivera is this week. So this episode's going to Yeah, it's going to be excited. Late, I mean, uh, okay. Uh, I, I think the patio here is amazing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, since it's, it's just the perfect venue for small, intimate music, jazz. Okay. Uh, you know, having a glass of wine, having dinner. Where do you set them up in this little patio? Um, at the very back, the oh, two top you to see, okay. uh, will be taken out, and that's where he's. Okay, That'll be cool. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Nice. We'll probably crack that door open too, so that the music gets in the inside. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, because it's really like I like the vines here on this uh, this little rail. It's very pretty. You kind of yeah. feel like it you're is not. very homey. Yeah. I love it. It's a neighborhood gem, mm-hmm. I think. And d- I mean, just imagine you're at night, you're having dinner, you're having a glass of wine. There's just yeah. like live jazz yeah. playing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> cool. Going to do some yoga, walk out. Like, I guess we can get some wine, too. I Why guess not? so. I have live jazz. Hey. <laughs> I think it's nice. So I think else? it's pretty cool that you have that. Because yeah. I've been getting a lot of phone calls. Like, do you know who else has jazz? Now I know. Yeah. yeah. And I, I was here for, for Mother's Day. And then when I bumped into You're you guys. You're here all the time. Not all the time. You bring all your dates here. I don't bring all my dates here. <laughs> Just the special ones. <laughs> Let's the not keepers. talk about that. <laughs> the keepers. Okay, write down the time so you can edit it. Like 941, <laughs> cutting this out. Yeah. No, but yeah, it, it, this is a really good place to bring a date to. Okay. I mean, you're going to get great food, great wine. You can't go wrong coming here, in my mind, unless you bring a really bad date. <laughs> Someone who's, like, really picky. Just don't come in and have a fight because then everybody's going to notice. Yeah, you're right. that'd be kind of hard. Really Everyone's going to be listening. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but oh, I was yeah. here for Mother's Day, and I know you guys were thinking of doing a Father's Day event. And people can still, like, like reserve the whole place, right, if they have something oh, special of course. going on? You, um, oh, really? They do all the time. You know, uh, one of our biggest um, supporters is Texas Tech. Okay. Very so cool. they reserve the whole thing? Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Like a dinner for teachers uh, and stuff like that? We've done presentations. Um, okay. That, you know, they bring um, uh, a projector. And uh-huh. a screen, we put it against the wall. Uh, they've brought, you know, uh, a lot of faculty, even even smaller din- anything from smaller dinners, six mm-hmm. people to the entire restaurant. We've been very, very um, proud to, you mm-hmm. know, have Texas Tech here really several cool. times. Yeah. yeah. Cool. I didn't know that. Yeah. We've got a couple places <laughs> to hold events at Michelle. We've got Alamo. We've got Saltbox. <laughs> Yes. We just yeah. need to get some sponsorship. Yeah. Yes, we it, do. It, it's perfect for a small, intimate event. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Any weddings or anything like that yet? That'd be cool. Not yet. Not yet. Uh, saltbox really wedding cool. would be great. Yeah. Yeah. Someone out there listening, please have a saltbox <laughs> wedding. <laughs> and invite inside the drinker <laughs> <Yeah>. studio. <laughs> you, can, you can ask Casa de Yoga to use their, their little backyard. Exactly. And get food from saltbox. That's, that's an idea. That's a good idea. That's an idea. Yeah. Because that way you just provide the food, they're over there. Yeah. And actually they've been great neighbors. We've had, yeah. um, they, they started to do Wine Wednesdays. Oh, cool. Oh, cool. So uh, I think it's the last Wednesday of every month. Um, uh-huh. Don't hold me to that, but uh, it's probably on their uh, social media. Casa de Yoga. That um, they have a yoga class at night because, you know, it's that time of year and they can do that at 7 o'clock. Uh, sun's down, it's not as hot, and then they come over and drink wine. That's really cool. That's awesome. 
bunch of sweaty people. Wine. <laughs> I have to come here on those days. Oh, hey, how are you doing? <laughs> Give me some wine. Can I get you a glass of wine? <laughs> you seem very flexible. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how you get a date at the Park. That's how you get a date with Ralph at Park. <laughs> you got to be flexible. <laughs> It doesn't sweaty. Hurt. It doesn't hurt. <laughs> <laughs> this is fun. We can make it happen. <laughs> Drink your beer. Maybe he did pour some Fendamon in there. Right? Well, truth be told, I did have a Trinidad Sour before coming here. The Ralph. The Ralph. So do you did, know what a Trinidad to, Sour is? We had to modify the no. recipe for you. Well, uh, like, I, I heard this somewhere. I don't know. I don't it's, remember. It is a cocktail that the base is an Angostura bitters, so it's one ounce of that. But Alex, the bartender at the Black Orchid Lounge, just could not bring himself to pour an ounce of that into a cocktail. It is a lot. It is a lot. It is a lot. An ounce of Angostura in, what, two ounces? Was it two ounces or an ounce and a half of rye? An ounce of orja, uh, an ounce or maybe half an ounce of orja. rye. Orja. Orja. Are you sure this is how we pronounce yeah, this? It's like thing? Zsa Zsa Gabor, Orja. Everybody pronounces it like Orgit. Well, people pronounce things incorrectly. Well, you know. Give me a, to- a troca of Orgit. That's not right. I don't know. Anyways, so it was what is quite it? tasty. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a quite, it's a bitterness cocktail. So it's an ounce. It's supposed to be so an now ounce. So you're just going to say Orgit. You don't even know what it is. Uh, orja? Mm hmm. It is a, an almond liqueur syrup. Syrup. Yes. Yeah. So it, it is an ounce of that, an ounce of the bitters, um, three fourths of an ounce of lemon juice, and I think a half ounce of, of rye. That is a lot of angostura. Yeah, but it was really good. It had a strange color to it. Someone described it as tasting like Mexican ice cream. That's what Alex said, but it looks like Thai iced tea. It looks like Thai iced tea. So it's really mm. tasty. Yeah. I just wanted it for the bitters, for the medicinal effect. I consider that for the secret menu. Yeah. Call it the Ralph. The Ralph. Why not? So talk about not? drinks. Do you have anything new on your menu? Well, our wine list is... Uh, Obviously, constantly evolving. Mm-hmm. I have tastings at yeah. least every week. Very cool. Um, I saw that you still have that rosé. Yeah, that there's some favorites good. that, um, you know, there are the wines that define us, mm-hmm. kind of. Um, yeah. I don't want to say define, but um, maybe that's the wrong term. But uh, You're more we popular opened. Popular because well, of we those? opened with them. Okay. Yeah, we opened with them. They're part of our, like, they'll always be the core of our list. Okay. Mm-hmm. And that rosé, I mean, both the sparkling uh-huh. uh, from the south of France and the rosé from Oregon, where which uh, Andre Houston Mack uh, made, and he came yeah. down yeah. the first How time at El Paso. Uh, it has never been a greater honor to have that winemaker here in yeah, El Paso, Texas. We wanted to do that, but um, Ruben from Pioneer was kind of like, you know, he's coming in the morning and this, this and that, and he wanted to do it early, yeah. and like, oh, we're going to be drinking. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it just busy schedule. It was busy. It was very busy schedule. Yeah, he's a very iconic figure, and yeah. to have him come to El Paso one and to Cellbox two, yeah, and ha- dedicate all his time to us is mm-hmm. impressive. You guys have you've had a, like a lot of cool people come down here, actually, right? Yeah, like we have. Been? We've been very honored to have a, a lot of cool people come down here, mm-hmm. and um, we're already setting up dinners for the fall and spring of next year. Oh, wow, with some really? big winemakers. So. Very cool. Ooh, maybe yeah. we can get into one of those. This is where it's happening, people. Saltbox. <laughs> yeah. If you, if, you're, if you care about wine at all, <laughs> you'll be here on Wine Wednesdays. You might meet me. 
if you're flexible. <laughs> and I'm really, I apologize for my behavior. No, you don't. <laughs> so drop some wine knowledge on us. I feel yeah. like... That's the broadest question I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> like, um, what, what can I say to sound like I am a connoisseur? Oh, man. Um, that's the second broadest question. But um. <laughs> When we're drinking beer. Right? Hey. I mean, we were at the wine festival. We, we talked to you briefly. I don't know if we recorded you on that, but... Or, oh, no, what was it? It was the Wine Food Classic with KCOS. Yeah. So we bumped into you there. We saw Ode and Saltbox. That's when we there. saw the guy from Glazers, too. Ah. Oh, Republic. him! The older guy was Republic. At APCC? Oh. Uh-huh. Yes. yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that was what? Austin? Is that Austin. Yeah, yeah. he's in... Who's inside right now? He. Oh, is he? Yeah. Oh. That guy was great. That guy was great. Yeah, I remember yeah. that. Yeah, he was cool. He let us try that uh, Casa Madero. Casa Madero. The oldest wine yeah. in the Americas. We, we carried when, that When the Pope came, mm-hmm. um, he, he drank Casa Madero Red, the big red with uh, the president of Mexico. There you go. Man, I'm glad I don't have it anymore, then. <laughs> You're glad you don't have it? No. You don't want you the Pope? it with Peña Nieto? Fuck oh. that. <laughs> <laughs> No, I know I don't. I don't have it anymore the because Pope. I had some. Just some focus issues. on the Pope. <laughs> I had some issues. Ah, the, I think I know the story. Yeah. yeah. Another time. Yeah, Mexican Another wine's time. coming up too. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's good. I'm probably going to feature Mexican wine in the next mm, 60, 60 yeah. to ninety days. Mm-hmm. Very cool. I just, nice. I just need to pick the right one. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's something that we need to focus on. It, you know, being here on the border, we we have that access. We're going to try to talk to Alex about the uh, craft beer scene in Mexico. He's actually a part of that. He's got beer in, what is it, Beer Box? The Beer Box. Yes. Uh, I've never been there. Why didn't, yeah. Yeah. I'd love to go. Yeah. It's, uh, it's cool. But wine's exploding in Mexico. And um, mm-hmm. you go to places in Juarez, like Florida and Nevada, that dedicate 100% of the list to Mexico. And I think Mexico, yes, there's a lot of parts that have been growing wine for a long time, but mm-hmm. they're still figuring it out. It's yeah. just, it's yeah. just like... Um, parts of the United States. I mean, wine is grown in every single state uh, yeah. in the United States. Yeah. And, but there's a lot of states uh, that need to figure it out. Yeah. The French had 2,000 years to figure <laughs> it out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so they've got it down now. <laughs> and, and It's like Mexico with their tequila. They got yeah. it down now. They need to focus and on other yeah, And I think we need to support it. I think we need to try it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the, the customer feedback is important. Um, and um, it's just going to be interesting. So I, I, I think it's important for us as an artisanal wine, wine-centric restaurant to feature a Mexican wine. Yeah. I, I mm-hmm. can't. I, I, I mean, maybe I haven't paid attention or looked. I can't think of another restaurant here locally has a Mexican wine. No, I had it, like I said, but. I mean. Yeah, maybe I need to I look more. Really there probably is. I don't know. Um, I was really happy to carry that one because it was really good. That Cabernet was really, really good. And I got it because we tasted that at the uh, KCOS thing. Ah, okay. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Wine and food classic. Go to it. It's coming up. Yeah, we're going to be there again. So. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that's that's happening yeah, c- again? Yeah, because we're at the 2016 one. So. Oh, Jesus. This is the time flies. Yeah. I can't mm-hmm. believe October. it. So I have a question. It's a new question. What is your favorite journey? My favorite journey? Yeah. Um, You've traveled a lot, I know. Yeah. So you're talking about... As in that travel. Or, I mean, if you really enjoy walking home. Or an emotional (laughs) journey. (laughs) Right. We're talking existential. Like the hero's journey. (laughs) (laughs) I get 
guess it's up to you. I mean, it's a very broad question. Give us both. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, because you, you, you've had a journey, like, becoming a sommelier. I mean, that's a journey in and of itself. We, oh, I think we kind of touched on that a little bit in the first episode, mm-hmm. but... Um, <clears throat> that, that's definitely a very difficult, incredible journey, but very rewarding in the end. Um, only because of the people you meet, mm-hmm. uh, the world becomes smaller. Because yeah. I can c- call people in Houston, Austin, Dallas now, California, you know, um, Portland, New York, and uh, know, I mean, just know these people and be able to go to their restaurants mm-hmm. and we take care of each other and. Mm-hmm. You know, we, 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 we introduce each other to great wine and, you know, the world becomes very small. You know, that's yeah. that's one of the... It's like a brotherhood. Yeah. That sounds cool. Yeah, it is a brotherhood. It is. And we take care of ourselves. I remember I had to get a birthday gift from for somebody and I had to try to find her vintage year because I think that everyone at their at one point of their life it's called drinking your vintage mm-hmm. okay so you, f- you should find a wine uh, where the grapes were picked at the, at the year you were born wow that's cool <laughs> and wow <laughs> um, and I haven't drank my vintage year yet surprisingly but I uh, should have but um, and I had to find it and I people from Dallas provided it right away they made calls they interviewed people they uh, sent some emails out and I was able to do that and just it's it's a testament of that network right yeah and so why didn't you drink why haven't you had your your vintage year yet feeling it age more I mean what is your year if you don't mind me asking no I don't mind 78 okay it was a good year I'm just kidding. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> 81 a good year? Uh, I don't know. know. I think it was a great year. No, um, awesome year. I, I almost found a, found a port from 78, but um, the distributor ran out before I could order it. Mm. But no, I don't know. Maybe for my 40th birthday by then. I don't have a deadline. I'll find it. That's very cool. I never thought of that. <laughs> Yeah, just drink your vintage. Yeah. Like documenting here, taking pictures. That's why I'm so quiet. Just drink your your vintage at least once. Drink your vintage. I wonder how much an 81 would be. (laughs) How I would do it. Is there a website where I could get this thing? Uh, There's some websites where you can find pretty much anything. Okay. And apps. I'm sure. And they'll show you wine wine stores across the country uh, where it's located. And, and those are also apps where if you're going to find an older wine, not just because it's your vintage, but um, you want to buy that year because it's a great year, you can see, you know, what other places are selling for, so you know you're not being, you're not an overpaying. <laughs> right. Okay. Um, and it's all across the United States. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Um, like the wine store is all across the United States, so you can see it. You got to do some research on that. Yeah. Find something just for... Just so you know people, you can do that. There you go. That's a cool, yeah, that'd be a cool way to, I don't know, just for any kind of celebration. It's like, well, this is, uh, this was picked when I was born. Yeah. It, it's an amazing thing. Yeah. I'd have to get a German wine. <laughs> Our German wines are amazing. Yeah, German wine from born 89. in Germany. Riesling, or do you like Rieslings? Yeah, I do. Yeah. The, their Rieslings are some of the darlings am, among the Somali world. Like, uh, Psalms love Riesling. Why is that? Uh, 
their complexity, their acidity, their ability to age, their food, their ability to be paired with food. Um, um, it, nothing reflects the terroir in which uh, those grapes are grown, uh, more like Riesling. So okay. like a mirror into the soil. Okay. Interesting. That's something I didn't know. So, so a Riesling. So, um, so really, it's just a grape. So you could grow that in any soil. Yes and no. Okay. Complex yes answers. No. Complex answers. So like if if we were to have a Mexican Riesling, like would that would that be possible? In the right place. It's okay. not about just the soil. It's about um, temperature. Everything. Altitude is that? Absolutely. That's okay. why altitude matters a lot too. Because take Malbec. So Malbec is a, a grape from Bordeaux, France, or and specifically from Cahors, France, uh-huh. and it's made its home in Argentina. Right. Yeah, uh, Argentina, um, and grown mostly the, the higher quality ones on higher altitude vineyards. Okay. And so the grape has seeds, so it's like any plant, it's trying to propagate and protect its seeds. Mm-hmm. And so, because it's a higher altitude vineyard, uh, the skin gets thicker. Mm. Okay. Uh, like a sunburn. Okay. Oh. Because it's trying to protect its seeds right. in a higher altitude, you know, closer mm-hmm. to the sun. So that's why Argentinian Malbecs almost have this purple color. Um, because, of, because of the ratio of skin to pulp. Interesting. Uh, so, yes, altitude matters a lot. Um, okay. Even in California, when you get above the fog line in some places, um, on the Sonoma Coast. That's interesting. I didn't know yeah. that. There you go. Ooh. So we could get a Mexican Riesling. We just have to be up in the mountains. I mean, I'm sure you're going to have good climate. You can't just do it here in Juarez. <laughs> 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 like, a little no. pollution in there. Yeah, this oh, is yeah. a difficult climate, even here in local southern New Mexico. Yeah. What do you think of the New Mexican wines, by the way? The ones that are around here. I love to support the wineries around here. Okay. Uh, I, I just think it's like uh, a lot of, you know, it, it, it's a very young <laughs> wine growing region. We just, we talked about France for, uh-huh. you know, when Cistercian monks and uh, like thousands of years ago used to, you know, figure it out. And we, we just, we haven't had that. Texas has, <laughs> yeah, Texas hasn't had that. Ohio hasn't had that. I mean, like you can just name all these states. I think this is a difficult wine growing region. And okay. I think if you ask an enologist that probably knows a lot more than me, mm-hmm. I, I think there are two challenges. And this is just my opinion. Again, you know, right. take it with a grain of salt. Yeah. But um, the water table is very high here. Mm-hmm. But that's why you can grow a lot in southern New Mexico. A lot of produce, you know, pecan, um, uh, pecans, cotton, and you know, just uh, vegetables. Uh, right. The water table is very high, but. Uh, uh, grapes do not like wet feet. That's a, okay. that's a saying in the wine mm. world. So a grape need, a grapevine needs to struggle. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, and, okay. and, and, and that's why dry farming is better. Uh, there, there's places in, let's say, Priorat, the in northern uh, north of Barcelona, that the grapes, uh, the vines go multi stories deep just to find water, wow. and it concentrates the grape. Okay. And if you have a grapevine with too much water, mm-hmm. the, the fruit doesn't get that concentration, that, you know, right. So it won't be as sweet, it won't yeah. be as acidic. Right. So, and then the second thing is uh, grapes are just plants. 
and plants during the day they do photosynthesis at night they do respiration mm -hmm. so there's no diurnal temperature change okay. here in this and when I mean that it's uh, think of California so it can be warm in the day and then it it's really cool. You could be wearing a sweater at yeah. night. Right. California's just like that. I mean, go to the go to the northern Bay Area, and you know you can be walking around flip flops and t-shirt during the day, and then you're cold if you don't have a sweater mm -hmm. or something at night. So, if it doesn't get cold at night, um, then the grapes consume their own acid. Uh, oh. they, they can't respire. Oh. So, uh, okay. winemakers here have to acidify. Interesting. Have to add acid artificially. Uh, because it gets, it, you know, at night here it's still hot sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I, I mean, that's my opinion. I just, I, I don't know the real reason, but um, okay. that's, Makes my, sense. that's my observation. Anyways. I think people, it, like for alcohol, it's, it's easy to get into alcohol. You know, mm -hmm. you're going to party with that when you're young. It's easy to get into beer. Like you start off with really bad beer. But like to get into wine, you know. It's intimidating. It's I mean, yes. walk down any aisle in a, in a wine store, let's yeah. say here locally, Specs. It's like reading Chinese sometimes. <laughs> it's, it's, you know. What, what does uh, seeing um, Barolo or Bavaresco yeah. or Montepulciano de Abruzzo or, um, you know, I mean, on a label mean? Mm -hmm. no it's idea. just a place. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, and that's why American uh, wines sell more because. You can actually read a label that says Cabernet Sauvignon mm -hmm. or, or Pinot Noir. Um, you know, you go, go down an aisle in Burgundy and you're seeing Marcinet and Ficine and Nuit Saint-Georges. What does that mean? That means nothing, right? Mm -hmm. So that's why wine's intimidating, but vodka is vodka. Yeah. Scotch right. is scotch, <laughs> bourbon is bourbon. You know what yeah. I mean? Tequila yeah. is tequila. Yep. Tequila is either silver, reposado. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah it's just, no, and wine is just so many variations. And it's just complex. It's unfortunate. Very, very complex. Yeah, I bought a bottle of Josh because I, <laughs> I read the label and said, oh, look, it's about a dude. All right, sounds good. I will drink this. I like the name Chuck. Josh. <laughs> I understand it. It's $3 at Trader Joe's. <laughs> I yeah, get this bottle. Kind of like that. So we, we talked about like doing, I guess, a geological study in New Mexico to figure out what the best, the best wine is here. And, and then, Manny, you brought up the fact that, you know, the entrepreneurial spirit in trying to make that happen is, like, admirable. And that's, that's something that, that we're getting into here when we say support local versus a franchise versus, like, an Applebee's or something. So a person starting a winery uh, in their own vineyard... Like what? What goes into that? It's a ma uh, it's a massive capital investment. Um, I mean, if you're leasing land, you're lucky. Uh, if you have to purchase land, imagine purchasing land. Imagine purchasing barrels are so fucking expensive. <laughs> oh yeah, that's <laughs> um, true. <laughs> and all the winery equipment, um, and then the winery itself, and then the staff to pay. I mean, it just it's massive capital, and. A grapevine really takes seven years to take off and produce. So you're just waiting around for seven years if you don't already buy a, a producing vineyard. Um, and that's why white wine is so important because white wine pays the bills while the, while the red wine is uh, laying in barrels. Really? Yeah, waiting Okay, to okay. Got it. They're not going to make great wine immediately. They're not going to be successful immediately. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of admirable that people are trying to do this, you know, around El Paso. Right. 
and in Mexico now that we've talked about. It's interesting. Is there other brands from Mexico aside from Casa Madero? Who else? Oh, there's do you many know who brands. Because uh, no, I, I just remember the ones that they have. They're at so the, hard to get the... here. They're so hard to get here. Seriously. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Del Rio is like Pedro Domecq. They're so hard to get here. <laughs> that was a shady one. I don't know if they still have it or I don't know. So we've talked about this on the podcast. We've talked about um, Texas's weird distribution thing. Yep. How how is wine in that? Like, why is it hard to get Mexican wine here? Like, we're right on the border. Why is it hard to get Mexican wine? Well, because Mexico does not have an organized, efficient distribution system. It's mm-hmm. easier to get wine to Europe from yep. Mexico oh, wow. than it is in the United States. Wow. Yeah. I think that's changing. Um, you guys should interview Austin from Glaciers and like some of the stuff they're bringing in. Mm-hmm. But it's just not it's not efficient. It's, it's not efficient. It's disorganized. Mm-hmm. Um, wine is, I mean, you have to consider wine is like milk. You can't just leave it in a hot environment or right. a human environment. Uh, it has to be temperature controlled the entire way. Um, and Mexico does not have that uh, network. It really doesn't. Okay. I don't think it's that popular in Mexico. I don't think Mexicans drink their own wine. They always get excited about what other stuff is out there. That's that's somewhat understandable. I think, like again, you're you're not getting the best quality maybe just yet, and yeah. the name isn't there just yet, so you're a little hesitant to buy this bottle yeah. or whatever. But I think we'll get there, and I think people have to be supportive and willing to be open to trying new things. Mm-hmm. Uh, to get out of their comfort zones. Oh, absolutely. I mean, try every bottle of wine that you see. You, you can't just... You can't uh, buy Josh all the time. You can't buy a bottle of wine and love <laughs> it and then, then, go, then go get the same one every weekend. Yeah. It's just, right. It no, work. you, you got to take the risk, yeah. I think. Even if you, I mean, if you, even if you like wine, drink vodka. <laughs> try vodka every, every yeah. now and then. Yeah. Um, <laughs> try, if, if, even if you love vodka, try gin, you know? Um, uh, I think... Um, it's just uh, you have to pre- appreciate every product that's artisanally made. Uh-huh. So I think if you get you start into liquor, you get into beer, you get into wine. You start into wine, you get into beer, you get into liquor. Um, it's it just uh, we all appreciate what it takes to make these products. Yeah. Is there a particular American wine that you really that you really like that you really appreciate um, from where? Uh, there's a, a, per, a particular I think the question more is uh, the particular American winemakers okay well um, winemaker yeah there the, you go. because the winemakers make uh, I mean it defines wine so um, and that's more of a European thing okay yeah than an American thing Americans were about labels and brands yeah, yeah. in Europe uh, it's all about the domain um, and the generations of families have gone into it. So uh, in America, of course, uh, there's Kathy Corson. Um, there is, uh, I mean, the one, uh, uh, Ridge. Um, uh, I think, uh, I mean, there's just these like iconic figures. There's uh, uh, Jim Clendenden. There's um, I mean, there's just, I mean, I could go on and on. I don't want to list, like, I mean, <laughs> like, it's just going to, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, Paul Draper. There's. I, I mean, there's just, um, there's these iconic figures that have defined wine, and that's more than the label. Do you want to get into the business side of it? Let's talk about entrepreneurship in yeah. El Paso. Yeah. Taking risks. Um, we've, we've mentioned it on this podcast a little bit, and we've talked about it, talked especially about it with Joey. Yes. Check out that episode. That was an awesome episode. Yes. So yeah. let's, awesome let's hear let's hear Manny's take on that. 
Um, so what do you want to hear? Start. So, I guess let's talk about softbox. So, you guys, you wanted to to basically have a a place that featured wine. Yeah, I and, I, I think um, I, I mean I'm biased, but I think what we have uh, was lacking in El Paso for a, yeah. a very long time. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Like I, I I always mention no fish. I think that was maybe a precursor to this a little bit. I don't think their wine list was nearly as, as extensive. Yeah, as, as extensive as. And it's not about it's not about volume. It's not about quantity. It's about quality. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think the research that goes into this list is what makes this different from like just some, some random restaurant you're going to go into. You know, okay. I'll take a glass of the red. You know, whatever is on the list. Mm-hmm. Okay, so then. So, it frustrates me that people in El Paso gravitate towards franchises. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, we, we're a city that lacked franchises for a very long time, so when people would go out of town, you would go to the Cheesecake Factories and, <laughs> yeah. you know, the Ruth Chris's, and, like, you know, that was a treat. And now that you're here, that you think that you're, you have to go to them. Mm-hmm. But I, 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 just, I just think that... Uh, uh, you have to uh, plant your flag in the ground uh, in a certain sense and say this is what I'm standing for and then you just hope that you, the community stands behind you or not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the same thing as we were mentioning about the, the trolley. Like, the proof is in the pudding. Yeah. And I think, you know, I think what we can see is that El Paso is being more accepting of this. We can just You can just see that in yeah. the bars that are opening up around town. Yeah. So um, what, what are you doing to change that, Manny? Like, you know, just, in your restaurant and all that. No, just I know doing what we do really best. Like, ride. you know, um, Norbert does the food the, the way he thinks mm-hmm. best, and I'll do the wine. I, I think, the, mm-hmm. the, you know, I do. Yeah, the, but best. but how do you get out there um, and convince people? Like, try me. I'm different. Maybe I won't be a franchise. Uh, but I, I think this is a you know, um, it's this is a word of still a word of mouth community. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that helps. I think we're in the perfect neighborhood. Um, I think social media is very powerful. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. We've never done traditional advertising. Will we ever? I don't know. Um, you know, we don't have to fit 200 seats here. Yeah. So do we have to pay for a billboard? I don't think so. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just hope that we just get out there enough. Um, uh, no, that, that's a, actually that's a question that I mean we met about um, this week. Uh, um, and talked about because there's still some people that uh, have not eaten dinner here or mm-hmm. um, have not been here. So it's a continual challenge. There's more places open now too, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's also that like we have this these conversations. Even other restaurant owners is, are we splitting the pie or is the pie getting bigger? I think in a place like San Antonio, Denver, Portland, the pie is big, mm-hmm. huge. Mm-hmm. And I think here is. Are we just cutting the pie in smaller slices? I don't know. It remains to be seen. Right. Okay. I, I feel that... I don't know. I mean, I don't have any numbers, obviously. I'm not a... I'm no, not no, we don't, we don't go that far. My gut feeling is that people find a place that they like, and they're just going to go to that place again and again. Yeah, but unfortunately, that's mostly franchises. Well, uh, even when I'm talking about people are going to go, like, people you could see at, um, oh, what is that place with the pizzas on the Hotel Indigo? I feel like, you know that bar. Oh, the Circa, whatever? I, I guess. Um, I, I feel like, because that, that kind of crowd seems like they would love this place. Okay. Um, but how do you tell that crowd that, you know, come over here instead of, you know, driving out Mesa and there's some big restaurants that are going to be there and they're going to be like, oh, let's just go here instead. 
I don't know. I mean, I think one they have to get in here once and then see that it's going to speak for itself. Like you don't have to like twist their arm or something. Yeah. Um, I mean, we've talked about before, man. The oxtail here <laughs> is amazing. It's yeah. delicious. Is that still on the menu? Yes, it's, it's still on the menu. The oxtail here. <laughs> yeah, we opened with it. It's one of our, um, you know, kind of, I guess, signature dishes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It okay. is delicious. If you haven't had it yet, you're in El Paso. What the hell? Why haven't you had it yet? Mm-hmm. Like you don't you don't need to take a, a flight to LA. You don't gotta wait for South uh, Southwest to have like cheap flights to go somewhere and, and enjoy really good food. Like mm-hmm. all you gotta do is get out of your comfort zone, go to a place I haven't been before, try it out. Of course, it's it, yeah. It's not about you know doing something that's trendy for the hell of it. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Like why did no fish die? I don't know. I don't know. I didn't go. I wasn't here when I moved. That was already Star City, I think. And now it's a Domino's? Yep, it's a Domino's pizza. (laughs) There we go. Talk about franchises. It makes me sad. Yeah, yeah. So what do you you feel about the whole thing as a a business owner? You know, you have the customer, the typical customer that comes in and thinks it's too expensive or that they should be... That yeah. they could have gotten something better somewhere else. You know, that happens to me all the time. So, you, But, you know, think about these franchises. Look at their price point. I Corn, know. Corner Grill is not cheap. No, Rich I know. I, I, not I, cheap. It's if a fallacy. If you think about it, Chewy's is not cheap. Mm-hmm. Um, even other fine dining restaurants in town that are local, mm-hmm. um, their price point uh is it as yeah. much or higher? But they don't make stuff from scratch like we do. Yeah. So why do you think? Why do you think that that El Paso people are such you know label lovers, if you will? I, I you know because it, I have no idea. I think because because one we like in my experience anyway. When you're growing up, yeah. people want to leave El Paso. People like have a distinct hatred for El Paso. I think people can't believe that there is something good in El Paso. Well, because. I mean, I'm one of those people that left because I couldn't find here what I wanted to do. Right. I mean, I couldn't find here the, the whole interior design or, you know, I wanted to, to go to a better school, not yeah. just UTEP because UTEP is famous for their engineering yeah. program. And I'm like, I don't want to be an engineer. And they did have the fine arts, but it's just like, well, do I really right. want to stay here? So I think we still have that stigma here in El Paso. I think people have a hard time believing that you know they're not being fleeced by some business. Um, you know they, I think they're they're overly cautious. Yeah. About the quality that they can expect from a restaurant in town. From. But isn't that like a little bit? Like how can you not trust what you have in your own city? Because they have that negative perception already. Oh, but they will go to a franchise. Yeah, because that it it feels like it's not El Paso because it's a national brand. <laughs> But you're still in El Paso. Yes. And it's not even... Yeah, they trust that because that, that menu is created by somebody, you know, in headquarters. But now they're, when they come down to, you know, a place like, oh, the place like Saltbox, they're like, I got to trust some guy from El Paso to make a good menu. Yeah. Who's going to try to make me off? That's how you support. Yeah. But people are not focused on that just yet. Yeah. They're yeah, too... And, and I think... Yeah. I, I, I think it's um, in those corporate restaurants it's about making menus that appeal to the least common denominator because they're mm-hmm. so spread out across the United States mm-hmm. um, they're not going to tailor it they're not going to do local produce they're not going to invest right. they're not going to invest in the labor that requires things made from scratch all the time it comes yeah, from no, the corporate they, facility they don't 
So, <clears throat> I don't know, it's just more standardized. So what do you think we need to do as business owners to change people's minds and, and be like, okay, well, don't go to, I don't know, Chewy's. I think we need to stay true to ourselves and be consistent, and the people will get it, will get it, and then the people will just keep getting it. Mm-hmm. Like a snowball effect. It's going to take time. But I think... Uh, you know, the people who do succeed and who do survive, they're going to be able to provide that kind of, I guess, formula. It's kind of a weird way to say it because it's not formulaic. Yeah. But they'll be able to provide that expertise and help other entrepreneurs, you know, do better. I think okay. it's about consistency. Success is not one day you wake up in the morning and something happens to you. Mm-hmm. It's, um, it's built of small steps. Uh, consistent s- steps. Okay. You know? yeah. okay. Continuous like, hard work. Yes. Like just small, just so minuscule that you don't even realize it until you look back. Okay. And see the end result. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, I mean, anything. So if you want to run a marathon, you just don't get up one day and just run the marathon. You're a big success. It's like every single day for a year or two, you know, if you want to learn about wine, you just don't. Memorize a book in a night. You it's every single day. Yeah. It's a, everything is uh, successes. You know, sales. You cold call. You. It's it's just about consistency and small okay. steps. Well, I hope I hope that you you guys keep it consistent here and you know yeah, stay open for longer. And with that, you know, we're gonna start wrapping it up because we got to go. Yeah. Okay. So. Right. So. Anything else? Any last words? We're wrapping it up right now. In review. Yep. Support local. Grapes need to struggle. <laughs> uh, I, I think that's a reflection of, of life, man. Like, you just can't have it Seriously. easy. You're not going to be great. Right. Yeah. You have to struggle, and then yeah. the tough skin will make you taste better. Exactly. Dig your roots deep, and then okay. get bigger fruit. <laughs> see, the, see the grape, be the grape. <laughs> see the grape, be the grape. I guess. Uh, come to Casa de Yoga. Do have some wine, and, you know, meet Ralph. Like yeah. So thank you very much, Manny, for of doing course, this thank again. thank you, guys. You know, next fun. time, Anytime. hopefully, we'll have... My favorite Somali. He's your favorite Somali. Awesome. All right. I will Do you be know back any others? <laughs> um, Austin. <laughs> I know Austin. <laughs> oh, wow. I'm just kidding. Okay. You'll be on Austin. You'll be on. You'll be my next favorite one. <laughs> okay. Kidding. Awesome. Well, thank you very much. Everybody follow us on Facebook, Instagram. You know where to find us. Inside Drinker Studio at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. Love you. Mean it. Too long.